This is Cinema for Dimage. Uh, roll the trailer. Your file shares no kills. But to become a double O, it takes two. How did you die? Your contact? Not well. You needn't worry. Second <laughs> <Okay>. is... Considerably. <laughs> The man was his chief, private banker to the world's terrorists, which would explain how he could set up a high-stakes poker game at Casino Royale in Montenegro. If he loses this game, he'll have nowhere to run. You're the best player in the service. The Treasury has agreed to stake you in the game. But if you lose, our government will have directly financed terrorism. I will be keeping my eye on our government's money and off your perfectly formed house. You noticed. I hope our little game isn't causing you to perspire. It doesn't bother you killing those people. Well, I wouldn't be very good at my job if it did. How's our girl melted your cold heart yet? James, get the girl out. You're not going to let me in there. You've got your armor back on. I have no armor left. <laughs> You've stripped it from me. Whatever is left of me. Whatever I am. I'm yours. The only question remains. Will you yield? In time. Okay, um, that was funnier than the movie because obviously the soundtrack was from the <laughs> modern version of Casino Royale. That is uh, I didn't even realize. I, man, I'm. So I thought you did it on purpose because I, I, that's I, I, actually funnier than the movie itself. <laughs> I'm going. Why are you? Sh okay, maybe he's making a point because. <laughs> okay, folks, welcome to Cinema de Fromage. And this week we are going to do a film that has made me angrier than any of the other films we've done. Uh, Yay, Burn Offerings! I'll tell you this much. I was mad at Burn Offerings and I go, damn you, Jen, for offering that. And then <laughs> there was Body Double. Damn you, Kente, for doing that. And then I saw Casino Royale and then I realized I put that one up on the list and it's <laughs> my fault and i hadn't seen it i just heard about it and i said we got to put a 60s film in and this one sounds like it'll be cheesy and i and all the descriptions sound like it might have been fun i am so mad at myself right now i am so angry right now i hate myself like literally hate myself for putting that film up <laughs> 
Anyways, folks, welcome um, to a uh, late edition of Cinema de Fromage. Uh, with me, of course, is Jen and Kente. How are you folks doing today? Wonderful. This movie was awesome. Absolutely awesome. The movie was amazing. So I don't. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yes. Tonight's movie is. Hey, I have a talk about you think about it the same way that we all think about it. So I'll be over for a vocabulary lesson later. Okay. So tonight's <laughs> movie is the 1967 version of Casino Royale. Um, a very interesting history for a very terrible, awful film. Um, it, actually, the story behind the film would make a great movie. The film itself? Forget it. So as everyone knows, Ian Fleming wrote a whole bunch of books. And the first book of the James Bond series was Casino Royale. And uh, the folks at MGM were trying to buy the, the rights to it and everything. And, and Universal, I think. And so uh, was it Broccoli, who had the one who did uh, Dr. No first and, and all, of this, um, all of the Connery uh, films and everything came out. And basically, these guys scooped up the rights to Casino Royale, which had been previously made for a live television, uh, American television thing where James Bond was known as Jimmy Bond and he was an American actor playing an American spy. They changed it all up for a live um, television production. So Casino Royale was done first and then they got the rights for the film and they wanted to get Sean Connery and he asked for a million dollars and they said, no, that's too much money. Um, who can we get? And we don't know. So let's turn this into a comedy. Hey, who do we need for a comedy? Let's get Peter Sellers. He's going to cost us a million dollars. And then he came in and go, we got you, great comedian, Peter Sellers, who plays his role completely straight, except for a couple of scenes. Uh, let's get three directors in, four directors. Um <laughs> Let's do several bonds and let's make a happening movie. And then we get basically vomit on the screen. At least that's my opinion. But I get ahead of myself. Who is doing the synopsis of this turkey? Uh, I am going to pick this task on. And uh, hold on one second. Let me this uh, wonderful film synopsis up. Description. The wacky send-up of the James Bond film stars David Niven as the iconic debonair spy uh, now retired and living a peaceful existence. Bond is called back into duty when it, it, the mysterious organization Smirsch began assassinating British secret agents. Ridiculous circumstances lead to the involvement of a colorful cast of characters, including the villainous the villain, villainous, sorry about that, Le Chef, Le Chief, played by the, this is my words, uh, the great Orson Welles, seasoned gambler Evelyn Trimble, Trimble played by uh, Peter Sellers, and Bond's bumbling nephew, Jimmy Bond, played by that jerk face, Woody Allen. That jerk face. Who's actually, who's actually probably the best thing in this picture. The sad thing is. Oh my goodness! Um, I, I, yeah, I'm angry about this. I really, I do hate this film. So, as I'd said before, um, I think the last episode we were talking about, I said one of the hardest things to do when we did the car. Sorry, one of the hardest things to do 
and you can fail easily is uh, horror. The worst thing you can do and fail at is comedy because a comedy that is not funny is awful, 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 awful. A bad horror can at least be entertaining. A bad comedy is not entertaining at all. When you have jokes fall flat time after time after time and things just come up that are supposed to be wacky and just are just annoying. Uh, I Like anybody who wants to see this film, there's going to be spoilers galore because we don't want you to see this film. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> this film is terrible. Do not see it. It's not camp. It's not funny. It's There's no humor in this thing except for maybe two lines in this film made me smile. And that was it. I don't know about you guys. I don't. Did you find anything funny in this film? This this sorry comedy. Go ahead, Jay. Well, uh, so about uh, I mean there were some scenes that I liked. Right, I, I kind of liked the Hall of Mirrors scene. That was kind of cool. Was it funny? No, not particularly. Um, so was, name me a funny moment in the movie because well, this is a comedy. There was one thing. See, I'm struggling. There was one thing where uh, where he was was he gambling at the table. Mm -hmm. I don't, there was one thing that that Peter Sellers did, which I thought was like, oh, that's actually kind of funny. But then it was like immediately. Uh, but it was something. He did some weird. Did weird he do the Indian accent thing? Because I mean, nowadays that'd be considered kind of uh, you know. Ugh, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it all of that was really bad. Every every Very other cringy. little piece, bad. even you know what? Even when they tried to be funny, it, like you said, everything fell on its face. But it wasn't just that it fell on its face; it was that it fell on its face and tripped over itself. Oh, like yeah. it tried no, to even no, it, tripping over itself would be funny. It, it fell with a thud and just lay there. I mean, <laughs> every joke just went, and there, there wasn't a bounce. There wasn't even a, a nice reverb. It was just a dull thud, and it stayed there. There's only one line that was funny in this whole film, and that's when they were doing the uh, thing with the Americans and the Russians, everyone bidding. And it's like, and, and the setup is is awful, and it's not very funny. It's like the Russians are like, we'll stand up when we want to bid. The Americans are, we'll sit down when we want to bid. And he turns to the British guy, and what do you want to do? And the British officer says, well, we're British. We'll go either way. That was funny. It's not, I mean, me doing it doesn't make it any better because uh, it's not, <laughs> but at least it made me grin going, okay, that's sort of a funny line because it's sort of the British way, you know, kind of thing. And, um, but the rest of the film just, it's, it tried to be sexy funny and it wasn't, it tried to be goofy funny and it wasn't, it tried to be silly, wacky funny and it wasn't, it tried to be a satire and it wasn't like, Here's how far we have to go. If you want a good James Bond parody, go watch the Austin Power movies. And they're not the pinnacle of comedy, but at least they made me laugh a couple of times. And at least I understood where the satire was coming and it was kind of clever in some cases. And well, Puerile and others. But this movie was Well, just... and also, you know, the Austin Powers movie, at least there was a Marginally, marginally, yes, yes, sense. yeah. There was no plot. No there was no plot. Was I mean, oh my god! Like, yeah. What the heck was? 
the well, first quarter of the movie, the first the quarter of the yeah, the first quarter of the movie, you're watching the the, uh, the the David Niven stuff, and you're going, okay, where is this going? And it's not. He goes to this castle, and these women are spies, and they pretend to be Scottish, but it turns out they're French. And I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> why? Uh, what? Okay, uh, what are they trying to do? Do they want to kill? Wait, they're all getting knocked out now. Did he do that, or did that? Was it they were drinking? Or, what, what, uh, and then he gets attacked by birds, and then that ends. It's like, okay, on to the next bit. And the reason for that is because there was four directors doing four different things, and they put them together, and they said, ah, yeah, hey, this is going to be like, I mean, this was the time shortly after Help, right, where Help was this kind of weird, oddball, you know, throw everything at the, the screen and do some wacky stuff with the Beatles, and it doesn't have to necessarily make sense. And it was popular, and it did well, so they said, hey, let's try that again and there's several movies in the 60s that did this kind of thing where they thought this was going to be comedy and it never worked like once is you know you're lucky to catch that lightning in the bottle and every time you try to recapture it it never works and those type of films do not work it's like let's be wacky and let's just let everyone improv and let's let the directors do whatever they want like John Huston's section, which is the first section, is awful. It's just boring. It is dumb, and it's it doesn't make sense. It's like he's M in it, and he orders an attack on James Bond thing as his house to make him become the spy again, and then suddenly he's dead after his toupee is blown off. And I'm like, what? 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 What happened? And, I hate even talking about this film right now. I want to talk about something else. Honest to God, I really want to talk about any other film but this one. Oh, this is going to be a short one. And, I, and just to let the audience know is um, Joshua uh, was our special guest. He did in his scores. So we will have a full score. And plus, we'll uh, update you on he did get Chloe's scores. So we'll have uh, our leaderboard, um, our full leaderboard to see where right. they're in, winning. But um, yeah, this movie was god awful. It was it, it, it was the worst movie that we've done. And yeah, ever. Like all the movies. Like you know, I know you guys didn't like Omega Man. I got a soft spot for Omega Man. You guys didn't like it that much. It got a low score. Um, Rollerball. This month, this season's low scoring one is like superior in every way compared to this film. Like, this is the worst film we've seen. And I'm saying that when I hated Bird Offerings with a passion. And I would, if I was like <laughs> on a desert island, and my two choices are Casino Royal and Bird Offerings, I'll slit my wrists. Because <laughs> they're both bad. But if it was forced to be one or the other, I will take Burnt Offerings over Casino Royale. Every time it is just movie, bad. The crazy thing is, one movie has Orson Welles in it. <laughs> well, I mean, but that was Orson Welles at a time when he was just taking everything and he didn't give a shit. I mean, if you've seen the uh, you know, the wine commercials where he's pissed out of his gourd and he's like, the wine comes, the wine comes from the, the grapes of the champagne. And if you ever watch this, so they show the raw footage, and he is plastered 
and you've got these two actors who are, you know, they got a commercial and they get to be with Orson Welles, you know, the famous Orson Welles. And they're sitting there trying to look, you know, like, you know, they're supposed to be sitting there while he's explaining what the great champagne of this region and everything. And they look so uncomfortable. And they actually turned that into a proper commercial with some really heavy editing and voiceover when Orson had sobered up. And once again, it's he's like, you see him there. He doesn't give a shit. He's like, you know what I want to do? I want to do some magic. Okay, Orson Welles, you're awesome. Do some magic. So he throws out magic stuff in the middle of that scene. And it's like, huh? Then you got Peter Sellers. The great Peter Sellers. The great Peter Sellers decides he wants to play this movie straight. And he does. If you look, there's only two little bits where he does comedy. The rest, he is playing completely straight as if he's in a James Bond film as James Bond. <laughs> Everyone's trying to do wacky stuff, and he is playing it completely straight. And it's not the completely straight you know, for comedic, comedic effect. He is playing it completely straight. And they, were, they said it was the worst experience dealing with him because at the same time, he's having troubles with his then-wife. So he's taking off all the time. And so if you look at the end of his scene, he's not even in it. Mm. They use a freeze frame to eliminate him because they basically said, that's it. We paid a million dollars to you. Go away. Uh, we're going to go on with the film without you. So he's in it for a while, and he just stops being in it, and he's gone. And it's like they do this weird dream sequence where they spend a lot of money for Pipers in this weird you know, foggy thing, and then she pulls out the bagpipe and starts shooting and freeze frame, and that's it. You don't even see him die because they didn't bother to set it up. They didn't do anything. They said, that's it. We've had it. We can't deal with this guy anymore. He's he's nothing but a pain. Yeah. And they, they tried to work with him. They tried, oh, let's do some comedy. Help us out with the, the comedy of this thing. And he's like, yeah, no. I don't want to. Because he was a very difficult person to work with, apparently. Yeah, him and Orson really didn't get along. Yeah. And so you got Orson Welles trying to do comedy, and Orson Welles is not a comedic guy. And he's, uh, you know, and he's doing what he wants to. He doesn't care. He's like Marlon Brando. The way when Marlon Brando went to a film and they gave him a million dollars, he's like, I don't care. Like Apocalypse Now, where he would spend weeks and weeks doing nothing but shitty improv where you know <laughs> but he's being paid and he doesn't care because he knows he's getting paid and he doesn't care yeah, and it's, you know, it's funny though in I, I mean i guess we at some point we do need to talk about the um the remake or i don't even know if you would even consider it a remake it's not a remake it's 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 basically saying we're going to take the the original novel and actually make it we're gonna we're gonna uh take the dookie of the, uh, the book yeah put on yeah. that's it it's basically we've got the books we got the rights to the book let's make the film now because it's not a remake there's there, this is like these guys realized they couldn't do a bond film so they said let's do a parody of a bond film but they couldn't even do that right because it's not a parody in any way shape or form it doesn't come across as parody it comes across as just bad well, you know i mean there's a couple of lines that david has that is almost you borders on satire that's funny where he's like where he's mocking that the new the, the man who's walking around saying he's 007 because for the for the audience sake here who haven't seen this this turd um the whole idea is that the james bond of the movies is basically 
so they've taken the James Bond name and they've given it to other spies in 007 because they have a tradition of continuing on with the, that name. And so the Sean Connery James Bond of the 60s was basically uh, someone using the mantle of James Bond. And so David Niven's jokes are about how he womanizes and, and David Niven doesn't um, and how he uses gadgets and everything else. And those are the those are the jokes. Um, the other thing is, for some reason, he stutters in the beginning of the film and then stops stuttering midway through, and there's no reason for it. And it's like, so why do you have the stutter? What's the point? The, well, the, the point I wanted to make was... Oh, sorry, go ahead. That, um, that uh, they replaced uh, Orson Welles with one of Ken's boyfriends. Uh, the guy who plays Lashif, I think that's how you say it. Lashif, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's... Uh, Mads, his name is Mads Mickelson. Oh, Mads Mickelson, yeah. Yeah, she like Jen loves that guy. Uh, I, I do a, actually. He's yeah, awesome. <clears throat> he's my Hannibal man. <laughs> but um, I don't know, like I, it's it's very unfortunate that I mean this movie had beautiful people in it. It had mm-hmm. location, uh, mm-hmm. cinematography was pretty good. It had money. Right. They definitely had money. And it was all wasted for nothing. You know what it felt like? Do you know that Mel Brooks' uh, movie and play or musical, The Producers? Yeah. It almost felt like yeah. The Producers was trying to make a bad movie with like. <laughs> so this was, their, this was their way to make the money? <laughs> this was the bomb that would get them all of, they, they could claim after they've had everyone have a thousand percent uh, interest in the film? It was their springtime for Hitler. Uh, Hitler in the movie, by the way. Um, oh yeah, like Peter Sellers suddenly is wearing a Hitler costume for no reason, and it's like, and he's not doing anything funny with it. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, let's face it, you can do stuff that is funny with Hitler. Ask Mel Brooks. If you see Hitler on ice, that's one of the only funny bits out of um, uh, History of the World Part Two. But but the crazy thing about it is. If you do a scene with a guy dressing up as Hitler now and Napoleon, <laughs> right? It's kind of a, it's still kind of weird, right? Yeah, no, obviously. Like if you're gonna do it, you and even sorry, go ahead. So in 1967, that shit just happened. You know what I mean? Like not even 20 years later. Yeah, but don't forget that was also the era of Hogan's Heroes. True. True. So you know we had lovable funny Nazis. Right. People right. hadn't quite. I, I, there's a sort of a weird thing where in the '60s they didn't quite. Eh, they were kind of a little bit. Eh, whatever Nazis. Yeah, that's. You had like Star Trek, for example. We're sidetracked here, but it doesn't matter. This is more interesting than the actual movie we saw. So in Star Trek, you have two Jewish actors donning Nazi uniforms to do a Planet of the Nazis episode of Star Trek, and you kind of go on. Nowadays, you're sitting there with a the sensibility going. This is wrong on every single level you could think of. Every single you've got Spock in an SS uniform and Kirk in a, a Colonel's SS uniform, and you're going, wait, Shatner and, and Nimoy are both Jewish actors. This is wrong. Right. And this was done as uh, and, and the stuff they're saying is like, well, the Nazi state was the most efficient, and this is why they're doing it, even though they were wrong. And it's like Nobody, nobody nowadays, the only people that would even say the Nazis were an efficient state were, you know, are people on the alt-right who are like, you know, stupid, right? Because if you look at the Nazi state, they were actually the most inefficient, moronic people you've ever met. Like, if you actually look at the real history of that place, it's all sycophants and morons. 
and weirdos. Um, but let's, let us go back to the shitty movie we watched. Was that even true? Like, is what, that, that? you know how they always say the trains uh, came in? No, it, it, that's a, that's a lie too. Actually, <laughs> the funny thing is, because I, I I am a history major, so the funny thing is, uh, is a lot of the stuff that we you know give credit to the Nazis <laughs> was their propaganda. We're right spouting back. Because that's the stuff they said, and we're just spouting it back, going, "Yeah, no, that the Mussolini made the trains run on time." That wasn't true either. <laughs> and that, and that, but that's something he said, and now we're. It's kind of ironic that we're spouting it. It's sort of like if fifty years from now, everyone starts talking about this time as the world's greatest economy in the U.S. because of Trump, and we all go, but "We lived through that. We know that's not the case." There's there's some really shit going on, but we keep hearing that the economy is getting better. Not to compare Jen with Mussolini, but uh, I, she has her own propaganda machine. Also, uh, getting out that uh, the good the good info to about uh, Jen. So you gotta watch. Mm. That. Yeah, you, you don't want to offend. It's true. <laughs> Anyways, Jen, I'm sorry. I you've been quiet about this whole thing. So please, I've been just ranting for no reason. Go on, tell us your thoughts on the movie. Well, specifically about okay. the wonderful sexuality of the movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's get the woman's point of view on that. Oh boy. Um, well, I mean, with a name like Miss Goodfellas, what's that? No, come on, it's coming from a James Bond tradition, right? Mm. Well, true. I mean, honestly, I was saying that in all sincerity. Um, <laughs> so okay, so the, the, I watched this with two other people. And yeah, they probably will never talk to me again. Because <laughs> you could have said, you guys can leave now. <laughs> so, I have to watch this, but you guys can go. So, so ironically, or perhaps not ironically, I wanted to test out the um, my movies make the meal recipe for these chocolate martinis that we made, right? Oh, and no. they turned out really good. I mean, it was amazing. They were so good. But I brought people over to watch the movie thinking, you know, okay, this is just going to be the funny take on James Bond. And one of my friends said, oh, like Moonraker? This is going to be great. That that movie was so funny. I thought it was awesome. And he sits down. He's like, I'll never forgive you. I'll never forgive you for making this. I don't care how much alcohol you ply me with. You are never getting to pick another movie again. No, it's it. Well, you didn't pick it, so. Yeah. No, that. I take full responsibility for this, and I I apologize. I had not seen it before I picked it. I had heard rumors of it, and I'd heard rumors this is something you know bizarre and weird. And I was like, well, James Bond is a great franchise, and this is sort of an idea of what '60s films at their worst could be. And I never realized how bad this film was. I mean, it, like, like I thought, you know, maybe there'll be something redeemable, something funny or wacky about it. And it's like, no. Like, I, when Woody Allen is the funniest thing in your movie, you're in trouble. And, so, and he was, he had, he had two good moments in the movie. And apparently he spent most of his time in a, in a hotel room um, getting paid. Let me, let me ask you guys this question. This movie came out in 1967. Yeah. So there was six James Bond movies that came out um, before and 
the same year, right? Yeah, I think. Um, so, uh, I read you the list. Doctor No. Yep. Two, from Russia to with Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, uh, and um, You Only Live Twice. Yeah, You Only Live Twice, which in itself you know, is an awful Bond film. You know, let me get to what I'm saying. Sorry, go ahead. So, I'm sorry, that's five films. Yeah. Were any of those movies worse than Casino Royale? <laughs> no. You Only Live Twice comes close because you got the most racist terrible thing like it james bond being turned into a japanese man by putting some shitty makeup over his eyes and him walking around going like there's sean connery walking around and they're doing the you know the basically doing the the eye thing and going oh that's japanese and you're gonna go get yourself a japanese wife and you have to know how to be japanese but to be japanese means you have to dominate your wife and it's like all these weird friggin' stereotypes and him walking around with this shitty black wig and the eyes done up and it's like yes, yeah but still okay. better than this film it, it was and you know why you know why it was it was what? better because there was an actual plot because yes. the the movie didn't the, what i was going to say is when we sat down to watch this movie um, I said that what it reminded me of was basically, um, have you ever snorkeled underneath the water and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, this is so gorgeous. There's a fish over here and there's a fish over here and wow, this is amazing. And you're just sort of like, you're, you, you think that it's such a gorgeous place, but what you're really seeing is just, is, is not what you think you're seeing, right? It's. The, you see all these disconnected pieces and you think, oh, yeah, maybe this could work. Oh, wait, maybe this could work. Wait, hold on. Maybe this could work. And that's what it felt like. It felt like being like barraged by a whole bunch of different ideas, like a whole bunch of different fish. And then mm -hmm. expecting us to put something all together from it to say, oh, yeah, but see, you were in a, a special viewing aquarium. See, now it all makes sense. No, it doesn't. No. It just, it never made any sense. No. And all movies that were in the James Bond franchise, and I mean, Moonraker was hilarious. Jack's right. That was hilarious. It's not as bad as uh, Roger Moore's first film, which... Uh, that's right. And it, and it still made sense. It still, yeah. it, it had cohesiveness. It had some well, interesting... Well, at least you know the villain was trying to do, right? <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get to the other ones, but I just wanted to make a point about the ones that they had put out up until then. Because You Only Live Twice, it was the first Blowfield movie and it had Donald Pleasance as Blowfield. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And, but, the, but it also had all the worst parts of Bond stuff where it had the goofiest uh, things where he's got the jet pack and the mini helicopter that he's, you know, you pull out of the briefcase and get on. And it had a lot of goofy stuff. And, you know, the uh, the mountain layer and everything, all the, the stuff that, you know, people think is Bond in a way, but it's the goofiest part of Bond. I mean, in fact, the next movie, Her Majesty's Secret Service, they reset everything kind of the way that the Daniel Craig movies did. Where they said, "Okay, we're going back to basics. No gadgets, everything. Just strictly spy stuff, and you know, uh, kind of hardcore fist to cuffs and that kind of thing." Um, I, I would say, I, you know what? I a couple of years ago, I um, it's actually been more than a couple of years. I was going to write a blog about all the James Bond 
and this was like mm-hmm. you know, Skyfall. So, um, so this was dude, that was, so it was a long time ago, and um, so I actually watched all the James Bond movies in the mm-hmm. movie theater, right? Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of fun, and I was bracing myself for the Roger Moore movies, right? <laughs> I was like, okay, those are awful. The fun is about to leave, right? And then I got the Moonraker, and I wasn't looking forward to seeing it, but I actually enjoyed it. Not that it was, it was movie, fun. It was. It I don't was see. I I loved um, the Spy Who Loved Me. That's a great movie. Which which Moonraker was basically the Spy Who Loved Me in space. Right. It's the exact same plot, and everything might as well have been the same. In fact, you had Jaws in both of them, right? So right. No, um, that was my favorite one of, of the Roger Moore's, and maybe favorite. Sorry. I didn't say it was my favorite. I'm just saying, but it was fun. Favorite. Yeah, you're right. right. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, you know the ones I didn't enjoy that shocked me. What was that? Was the Pierce Brosnan ones after Golden? Yeah, Pierce, <laughs> Pierce Brosnan's are awful. They I do are. not like any of them. I, you know, I don't remember them being that bad. Hey, Stephanie, yeah. I don't remember them being that bad. Yeah, and yeah. and I would say that if we want to con- consider Casino Royale that one part of James Bond in a way. <laughs> No, we don't, but okay, let's pretend they it I was. They die another day is up there as far as that often. Yeah, it's it that's the worst James Bond movie, I think, of all of yeah. them. Yeah, oh, yeah, easily, it easily, gloriously terrible. And and I, I mean, but it's more entertaining though. Than, I mean, Live and Let wait, Die is one of my least favorite films, uh, because I and I don't even watch the Pierce Brosnan ones because. As much as oh yeah, he would be a great James Bond. Everyone's saying he'd be a great James Bond. I said, no, he wouldn't. He was in bad movies. I thought yeah. he was great. In uh... I think Timothy Dalton would have made a great. You know, he did a good job for what he was given and the two he was doing, and they were sort of semi resets. His movie, to... like lit. I, I say, Living Daylights is one of the top. Yeah. movies. It's a. That's the first one he did, right? Right. That's really- yeah. That was good. And that was that was a reset. Every time they do a reset on Bond, it's actually not bad. Where they go, okay, let's get rid of all the fanciful, weird stuff, and let's get back to basis of being a spy who's doing a mission, and there's going to be some rough stuff and everything. It's like, I like that when they do that. I mean, started getting on the track. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Were we talking about Casino Royale? I, don't I know, right? We're so off there. I don't want to. It's a terrible film. Don't watch it, everyone. Don't watch it. I see Stephanie and Chris is here. We are reviewing the film Casino Royale, not the 1967 one. one. Yeah, not the good one that was in uh, 2006, but the 1967 one. Yes, that movie is hot garbage. And so you know what the best nice you know what the best nice part of Casino Royale is the final credit. It's the, it's the cover art. You oh, know the maybe. movie poster. Yeah, it's poster. a 60s sketch. I love that movie poster. I. I actually think that that, yes, and that is exactly why it's awesome. Because it captured everything that they didn't in the movie, which was, hey, let's make this. You can almost tell why it failed by looking at the cover art. Look at how incredibly disconnected everything is in the cover art. And it is no wonder that the movie didn't succeed. Well, the film is everything that's wrong with 60s cinema. So everything that was good about 60s cinema was not in this film. Everything that was wrong with 60s cinema, where they were like, let's just access and let anyone do whatever they want and let's just let it happen. Because the studios, that was the end of the studio era and they were like trying to figure out how they could, you know, make money and catch on to the youth crowd. And 
it was everything that was wrong with 60 cinema is this film right here it's encapsulated everything that could go wrong with 60 cinema is right there yeah if, it, if you did this movie as a netflix and chill date you would <laughs> you would go spend the rest of your night cold because i think the one yeah yeah, yeah. Probably in fact home. in fact you'd be by yourself and even yourself would turn yourself down <laughs> because it's that bad you'd be like i took myself to this yeah, yeah, no, you're not getting nothing tonight. Oh. This movie, though, will get a award at the end of the season, for sure. I'm sure. Oh, worst film of all time? Yeah. Yeah, in, yeah. In our series, it, it's yeah. Like, this is this is the worst film we have seen. And, and I am you know, so you know sorry what else? I previous bad movie. You know what I watched. You, you know what else? You know what I did like though. I, I mean, if there was anything. Oh, find something positive. Good, good, because we do that in this I, show. This is what we're supposed to do in this show: is to find the positive <laughs> in the bad. And I haven't been able to find it yet, but maybe you found it. What is it, Jen? Okay, so if you and and I, boy, this is going to make me sound like I'm sort of ridiculously looking for the silver lining. But I uh, I went online and I listened to the 1967 soundtrack to Herb Alpert soundtrack. Yes, with no, with nothing else in it, right? So there's no visual cues. There's nothing. You can just listen to the entire uh, soundtrack. And, mm -hmm. you know, that was actually by itself really good. There was some like, pieces in it. Yeah, it's it's not bad. You know, but it, it doesn't fit the film at all. No, uh, that's why it's I said like, hey, let's Hey, Herb Alpert, can you do us a soundtrack? Sure, what's it about? Don't worry. It's going to be a funny film. Just do some interesting breezy stuff okay do 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 and tijuana brass let's go together and put together this stuff uh okay and let's just throw this on the film doesn't matter if it fits or not let's just throw it on the film i mean the credits yeah. don't even work the credits give away the the supposed wacky fun ending in the beginning credits which by the way everyone gets blown up and woody allen gets sent to hell because he's evil yeah. I, I do agree. I, I totally agree that it's that it isn't that there, you can't redeem the movie with soundtrack. All I'm saying is, oh. hey, if you're interested in you know kind of a cool sounding soundtrack that you know that that, that Tijuana sound actually it had some pretty interesting. There was a lot of cool brass. It was just really neat to listen to outside of the context of the film, but. The reason yeah. that I went back to go listen to it, right, and the reason I went back to go listen to it um, after I had watched the film is because when I had watched the film, I realized that the movie was so bad, I didn't even hear the soundtrack. Well, and, you know, it, I know, I know it was there, but I couldn't even hear it because I was just so, uh, I don't even know what the word is. It's not, it's like, you know, if you've ever been sort of in the middle of something and you're trying to make sense out of it, you can't sort of hear the peripheral stuff around, that's what it felt like. It felt like I couldn't hear anything else because I was trying so hard to make sense of what was happening. So it's like when you're Tom Hanks storming the beaches of Normandy and then suddenly everything goes really slow and yeah, that's yeah. the feeling that you have. Yes. Pretty much. A, yeah. Yes. It's the yeah. shell show. Uh, Indeed. Actually, I did hear the soundtrack, and it was so out of place with everything I'm watching that it just it just made it even worse for me. So I didn't like the soundtrack that much, though it sort of stuck in my head a bit. So it wasn't like terrible, but it was like I'm going, 
this doesn't fit and it makes me angrier watching this that they're pushing this sound on me and it's like ugh. and it's like <laughs> and and the wacky plot that you don't find out until the end was that the bad guy wanted to get rid of all the males in the world that were too and he wanted all the women to like short men yeah okay and, is that is that funny? Like that's something you do. Like you get together a bunch of people and you're stone. You go. Maybe he wants to get rid of all the the tall men so he can finally get a girl. <laughs> and then you make a movie out of it. You go. Oh, that wasn't that, fun. That what the fuck was I thinking? Like something that Woody Allen dreamt up on the spot and said, "Hey, wouldn't it be funny if?" Well, yeah, you know what? That's what he was trying to do. He's trying to save the film. And he said, "Okay, I'll just throw this little bit out here." Here's a bit about me being a short guy and the tall women, and I, I want to get rid of everyone because I'm so neurotic. <laughs> okay. Sure. Maybe, you know, maybe there could have been something made out of that. This film wasn't it. Okay, wait. I have one more good thing about this movie. The one more good thing is, and although I am definitely not the size to wear them, okay. Um, this, Miss Good Thighs. Um, <clears throat> Where is this going? Hold on. Her outfits were really cool. They weren't, you know, they weren't like, uh, oh my gosh, like, they're going to be next year's fashions. But they were actually pretty cool. I I definitely liked them. But if you notice, and I don't even know why I noticed this, I guess because there was nothing else to notice. <clears throat> Everybody else that's wearing, uh, it, it, everything looks costume-wise out of place. <laughs> like nobody is actually well, Everything wearing... was out of place. The props was out of place. Right. Yeah, even the place. Um, when they were in the casino room, the uh, somebody in the in the room that I was watching this with mentioned that the tables looked like they had been constructed wrong. That is, like they looked like they were maybe on a slant or something like that. Like it was just so sloppy the way they put it together. Yeah, like so honestly. The, there's nothing redeeming about this film. Even the way it's shot is not that good. It, it's flat for most of the parts and edited terribly and none of it makes sense. And it's, this film is just bad on all things. And, but it's the worst part is it's not like a, a schlock guy goes like, it's not like a Neil Breen goes and I'm going to make a shitty film, but I'm going to try to do the best I can. And it turns out to be shit because it's cheap and it's bad. This is like an expensive film that looks bad in every sense of the way like they have a couple of interesting shots but even then they're kind of they're misplaced they're bad the whole thing where peter sellers is being kind of semi-tortured or his brain is being and they're showing all this weird psychedelic stuff and it's like this is awful this is not even interesting it's it's just weird and and it's sort of like you're just clipping stuff together because you don't know what to do either yeah, that that's that's exactly what it felt like. It felt like it felt like nobody really knew exactly what to do. So they said, <clears throat> "Okay, I know. Let's do thoughts all together, and then yeah. we'll let the editor do it." <laughs> yeah, and and the editor couldn't do it because if you look at it, like when they're going through those the secret layers and everything, they went through like five or six different things until they're in a UFO that made. And when the UFO lands, it's like. What what is going on here? This makes no sense at all. Is this supposed to be wacky? It's not working. It's just awful, 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 awful. Sorry about the cry. It's so bad. 
I can't remember if um, if TCM <clears throat> had uh, had had done anything sort of advanced, uh, not advanced, but had like done anything on this film before. But this reminds me of the TCM would broadcast and say something along the lines of, uh, this movie was really terrible. There's really nothing all that great about it, but you know, we're going to air it because, Hey, it was part of the film record and we'll just honor that. I don't that. think they did. I don't think they've ever aired it. I think they were like, yeah, we're not even going to air this. Cause it's, I, I mean, I would hope not. I'm just saying that that's like the kind of movie that I would expect that if TCM did air it, that's what they would say. Right, because TCM airs, they do air some pretty bad movies. But you know what? There's the difference between schlock that is kind of entertaining and this film. Yeah, the film is not. This was a, a, it was a chore to get through. I I have to admit, like the car was bad for getting through. Um, Body double. I watched on 1.5 speed so I can get through it because there's a lot of walking around and doing nothing. And I know, I know, Kenta, you love it. So I'm not saying this film is like that. But even then, this film was just a pain to get through. It was like, it doesn't go anywhere. There's no reason for any of the scenes. And then it goes to something completely different. And you're going, it's not even like sketches. It's not even like that. It's just... He, let's just throw five or six different movies together and, and, and pretend it's all the same movie. Yeah. Let's get a bunch of actors who don't give a shit and give them a bunch of lines that they don't care about. Let them ad lib some others and pretend there's a plot. It's, it's just awful. Sorry, Kinte, you were going to say. No, no. I, I, it, it's, it's hot garbage. It's hot garbage. <laughs> and, um, you know. I'm glad everyone agrees with me on this one because yeah, because yeah, I know you said you saw it when you were younger and you thought it was okay. Yeah, I, don't, I guess I was on crack then. <laughs> he was a crack baby at that time. Apparently, no, I don't know what the like, like I just remember enjoying it, but then maybe I'm thinking about the party. <laughs> maybe that's it. You just mistook one for the other. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Peter Sellers was in that, so that was the one I saw. He was funny. I think that's what it was. I think. I <clears throat> oh, oh yeah, that was another comment from the night. My, the other comment from the night was, um, did Peter Sellers have some kind of financial emergency at this time? And and I was like, oh gosh, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. Not and really. He was just having a rough time with his marriage at the time. Because right, because my friend was like. Well, I can't imagine why anybody would do this film if they weren't having some kind of financial emergency. Well, no, because they came up to him and said, we, we were going to do a James Bond film, and he wanted to play James Bond. So if you watch well, what well, he's playing in this film, for the most part, he's playing it completely straight. Like, the thing they spent a million dollars, they could have spent a million dollars to get Connery, but they said, oh, we can't do that. And they end up spending a million dollars for Peter Sellers, going, well, okay, it's a million dollars, but... It's a comedy, and Peter Sellers is a hot comedic, you know, item to have right now. And he comes in and he plays it straight. Like because you look at, he doesn't do anything funny for the most most of that part. There's two two bits where he tries to do a funny voice. And that's it. If you contrast, uh, so we know that it's not actually Peter Sellers that that sunk the movie specifically, but no, if no. you con. Peter Sellers in this movie with Peter Sellers in the Pink Panther. 
with a, a very different view of the universe <laughs> <clears throat> because he obviously has talent, but what happened, what here, it was, it was just so bad. Well, you see, this is the Mandela effect, right? Actually, that came out of a different universe where oh, that's those people, the unfunny universe where Peter Sellers was a dramatic actor and it slipped in here. And then we saw, and the people who, who found the film said, oh my gosh, Peter Sellers, and it's, he's a comedian. This must be a comedy. Oh, so, Let's show so in here. this universe, they, they just miscast Peter Sellers. They were supposed to actually put yeah. Charlton Heston. No, 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 no. The movie, well, the Charlton Heston's a comedic actor in that university. And that's what happened. See, the, the film itself just fell through a, a warp in space and time, landed in our universe, and the people who got their hands on it thought, we got a Peter Sellers film with some other actors in it and Woody Allen, so it must be a comedy. Let's sell it as such. And, oh my. and then we got that. Now, hopefully, I, I don't know. Has anyone seen what the box office was? I'm, I'm hoping it died a horrible, miserable death. Because yeah. it deserved to. Because it, it, it was an awful, awful film. I know it got a 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. How much, sorry? 26 that's generous. Yeah, Somebody was feeling nostalgic for the 60s or something, going, well, I like the 60s, and this is a 60s film, so, yay. Budget of $12 million and it grows $41 million, $41.7 million. <sighs> And that's why I'm an atheist, and there is no God, folks, because of that right there. Because <laughs> that film does not deserve any money at all. People made money off of that film. It's not right. <laughs> All right, so let's let's go into the scores. Um, <laughs> all right, so hold on a second. Let me get my screen ready. And Joshua was nice enough to send in his score. Oh, I can't wait to see because I, I, he had me a sense. Right. One, two, three, three, and three. Oh, that's good. All right. He has for story, a big fat one. <laughs> for acting, a big fat two. Yep. And, and score and sound, he gave a three. Production quality, he gave a three. And overall entertainment value, this is how much he enjoyed the film. He gave it a treat. I'm kind of glad Joshua didn't join us because we'd be yelled at for the whole hour for making him watch this. Yeah. <clears throat> I gave the story a big fat two. Yep. Acting a three, just because I like Peter Sellers. Uh, I gave a four to the score and sound design. That was pretty fun. Uh, production quality, I probably should have gave it a higher score, but I gave it a three. And overall entertainment value, I gave it two. Uh, and that's a total score of 14. So, Jen? Uh, I gave uh, the first, it's one for the story. Uh, one for the act. Two for the score. Because I did actually kind of like it a little. I mean, disembodied from itself. Uh, overall production, I gave a two. And... Uh, Entertainment, I gave a two. I'm seeing a trend. I'm giving this tens all the way across the board. Man, this was great. No. <laughs> all right. Story, I'm giving it a 0.5 because I can't give it a zero, right? So, oh, you have to give it a one? I can't give it a 0.5? Uh, acting, one. 
It was just awful. Score and sound is like, okay. Uh, you know what, Jen, you convinced me to move it from a one to a two. Yay! Production quality, one. Overall entertainment value, um, I wish I could give it a negative score. I'm going to give it a one. This was the worst. And now I can credit myself for saying uh, that I have given the worst film that I have ever seen on this show. And it's my fault. All my fault. Whatever you guys show next, whatever you guys choose in the future, you can always hang Casino Royale over me. So no matter how much I tear apart your film, you can look at me and go, yeah, but you gave us Casino Royale. So there's a freebie for you folks. Um, so so <laughs> movie that make the meal for this? Oh, uh, Movies that make the meal it, for this. He's got to add all those ones together. So <laughs> <laughs> it was, there was it a was three the in one. there. I hold it's ring everything off. Sorry, go ahead. It was martinis shaken and stirred <clears throat> because I think this movie actually did both to me. Left me shaken and left me very stirred. Um, but it, I have I have a, a, a really awesome chocolate martini to make because I couldn't do a regular martini for a James Bond movie. That would be ridiculous since Casino Royale was supposed to be this funny off take and anyway, that's what I came up with. The liquor is (laughs) the movie, everybody. Try the liquor. It'll help. In fact, try the liquor. Don't watch the movie. Just pretend. Or if you want to, substitute the chocolate for chocolate milk and then that way you have an excuse for leaving the film and throwing up. <laughs> if you try, oh. it'll have the same effect. Oh, I was going to say chocolate milk with the martini. Oh, because that will turn your stomach. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As much and you can blame the film or the martini. All right. So that gives us, and let's go back to the screen. <laughs> uh, Casino Royale is surprise, surprise. I like uh, that is the lowest score we've ever had for a film, too. And, that, and, and this is the crazy thing is it has a bigger chance to do a higher score because uh, we added one more category in this field alone. It got a 40%. I mean, I'm sorry, a 40, which is a 16% on the team's rating. Um, so currently, Body Double is number one uh, with a 61%. Uh, is this our worst season yet? Oh, really? <laughs> I just want to know. I think I messed up something with the percentage. Uh, but, uh, yeah, because I think you have rollerball above the car. Uh, 49% versus 40.8. Yeah. How does that work? No, no, no. It, that was that's wrong. Okay. My bad. But it, it, it's where it should be. It's all, yeah. uh, I, I'm not arguing with you. Just uh, looking at the numbers going, that's hard. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so we have a Okay. So number one is body double with a 61%. Uh, two is the car with a uh, 40%. Uh, Rollerball is number three, thirty-nine percent, and Casino Royale is in the Hall of Fame 
with a measly 16% on the cheese if you need it. <laughs> pretty, pretty. It should be a zero, to be honest. But I guess you have to give it something. So, we, I think we're all in agreement. This is not a good film. Oh my God! Do not watch this film, even if you're like, even if you're like into masochism and you want to hurt yourself. Don't do it. Yeah. So, uh, next week's uh, show is is uh, we're going to be doing uh, the Towering <gasps> Well, there we go. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be any better than the films we've seen so far, but yeah. Towering Inferno it- is. Towering Inferno. You get to watch O.J. Simpson as a hero. That's right. Oh, boy. Uh, Classic 1970s disaster movie about a fire out in the state of art San Francisco high-rise building during the opening ceremony intended by a host of A-list guests. And B-list celebrities. (laughs) Fire chief and the building's architect must cooperate in the struggle to save lives and do pan while a uh, corrupt cost-cutting contractor tries to evade responsibility for the disaster. <laughs> wow. Remember how much we all loved the Poseidon adventure? I thought we liked it. We we liked it. We didn't hate it. Well, we didn't hate it. I'm just saying. No. I'm, sure, I'm sure it'll rank up there. And at least we didn't pick Avalanche. That no, but... would have been... But the next disaster film we are going to see is going to be The Swarm. Oh, God, I remember that. Oh, my God, that's so terrible. That's when they couldn't even find B-list celebrities. So they got the guys like Fred McMurray and a whole bunch of other people to be the guests. I I have PTSD from watching that movie. (laughs) Well, prepare to have it again. Prepare for flashback. (laughs) I'm going to be so triggered. (laughs) Jen, how can we get you on social media? Social media, you can get me uh, on Twitter at followingbliss1 and on the web you can find me at moviesmakethemeal.com and criticallaughs.com And why are the laughs so critical? Uh, I'm critical of the laughs that's the Uh, thing, uh, you have to be really critical of who you get, and as we can see from this movie if you're not critical about your laughs, you could be in big trouble. Well, these were critical, all right. Like critical is in like you know the, they're all nearly flatlining the entire time. So. <laughs> and um, you can give me a Kente F on Twitter. And how oh, right there on your little uh, what? what? Do this right, right, right there. <laughs> and what about okay? You? Um, yeah, Professor Psycho's MovieMadhouse.com is the website, and it's also the Unreal Professor Psycho at uh, Twitter. And uh, if you want to send any information or uh, requests for films or anything like that, it's KingPengvin at, that's KingPengvin with a V, at gmail.com. All right, we'll catch you next time. Have a good night. <laughs>